Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? Hello, hardworking Americans. Thanks for tuning in to The Shrewsbury Show. I am your host, Colleen Shrewsbury. This concept of toxic masculinity seems to be coming from this third wave of so-called feminists, but really, I don't think that they can call themselves feminists because what they actually are are effeminists, women who want to make men into women. They keep perpetuating this ridiculous myth that there is so much inequality in society against women and that we have to worry about some type of institutional discrimination because we're women. None of this is true. I don't know where these people have been for the last, I don't know how many years, because we have women doing all of the exact same things as men are doing. We even have women in combat now. I think this effeminist ideology is seriously at odds with feminism because they decry machismo or being macho or seriously masculine I don't know how you want to define it. They say the toxic masculinity refers to society's expectations of how a traditional male should behave. Ideas related to masculinity, toxic masculinity, have been normalized in society. Comments like, be a man, that's girly, and man up stem from this attitude. And yes, I'm reading this definition out of something called Femme Magazine, F-E-M. But let's focus on this example for a minute. Women in combat. Feminists, I believe, were applauding when women were allowed in combat. Combat ordinarily has been reserved for what they call masculine macho men. And now we have equality, I guess, in that arena, in the fact that women are allowed to engage in this. But I thought that this kind of behavior was toxic. Are we going to have all of these toxic masculinity re-education courses for women, too? Recently, I saw an article on Breitbart that said that Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, is hosting a program that aims to help students rid themselves of toxic masculinity. The course is designed to critically examine what it means to be a man in today's society. Students will explore how masculinity has been constructed, how it impacts our lives, and how we might reimagine manhood through different cultures, perspectives, and experiences. And this comes from a Facebook post for the event. Um, I guess back in April of 2019, there was a group in Pennsylvania that gathered twice a month to cuddle with one another in an attempt to fight toxic masculinity. Yeah, this was a group of men that were gathering together to cuddle so that they could fight toxic masculinity. This concept of toxic masculinity is entirely self-contradictory. I mean, looking further into this article from Femme Magazine, this whoever this Patty Viramontes is, this is an article from December 2016, but I would imagine that the definition of this toxic masculinity has not changed much since. But who knows? These people change the rules every day. But anyway, it says that Patty says that machismo leads to homophobia, sexual harassment, and murder as violence becomes a channel through which to acquire control. Violence stems from an inability to show emotions through any other way. Since showing sadness through healthy forms like crying is looked down upon as aligning with traditional feminine sentiment. This Patty Veramontes also says that 
In Latin culture, toxic masculinity comes in the form of machismo. Machismo refers to the societal belief that males must adhere to traditionally masculine stereotypes and maintain dominance over women. Given the place of men of color relative to white males in the United States social hierarchy, there is an added pressure to act hypermasculine so as to gain the dominance they feel they lack in society. Because men of color do not often have the same opportunities as white males, such as job prospects, they feel they lack control and must make up for this perceived loss of masculinity through exaggerated stereotypical masculine behavior. And this leads to, as she said before, homophobia, sexual harassment, and murder, as violence becomes a channel through which to acquire control. Now, stop for a second. Think about what she just said there. And I don't know why nobody has called her out for this ridiculous and heinous level of racism. Because she just claimed in here that men of color are naturally homophobic, they are sexual harassers, they are murderers, and they are violent. And they seek to acquire control. So they act out because it's, it's society's fault that they act this way. They are not personally responsible for their own behavior. And I'm not saying that they act this way. This Patty Viramontes is the one who is claiming that these men of color are supposedly violent sexist murderers, which is not true, by the way. And you know what? Not only that, I don't think that I see any men trying to maintain dominance over women. I think that these people have seriously misunderstood the biblical role of men. They assume that because men are to be the head of the household, that this somehow means that they dominate over women and that women have no say in in anything and that they are controlled and suppressed by men. None of this is true. I think that so many people have misunderstood, if they've even read Ephesians 5, 23 and 24. But if you read the surrounding context, you have to start with verse 21 and read through verse 30. Starting with Ephesians 5.21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. If you were lucky enough to learn in school that the United States was founded on a Christian basis, you would be able to draw the conclusion that the societal norms of the role of a man come from Scripture. And although we have abandoned God, that concept has maintained constant throughout the history of our country. In fact, it's actually human nature, which is something that God has given every human being on earth, not just in the U.S., but all over the world, not just in the Western nations, which all seem to be suffering from this plague of supposed feminism and toxic masculinity. 
I believe that this ridiculous confusion over the role of a man and a woman in society is nothing but a symptom of abandoning God. None of us were confused up until a few small people decided to start screaming at the top of their voice about some ridiculous ideology that makes no sense, that has no basis of truth. Feminist ideology is entirely at odds with the laws of nature. Men naturally are the hunter and gatherer. They naturally have an instinct to protect their family. And feminism has told them, told men that is, that this instinct is sexist, it's misogynist, and therefore they need to suppress their natural instincts, and they need to submit to women and elevate women above them, and that they need to become feminine themselves. Of course, the APA, the American Psychological Association, which has disgraced itself and lost all credibility, had to weigh in on this ridiculous subject. They issued guidelines for psychologists working with boys and men who are socialized to conform to traditional masculinity ideology, which it says can hinder them from exploring what it means to be male. When you say something like boys and men who are socialized to conform to traditional masculinity ideology, number one, I don't think that there's any masculine ideology. And number two, by saying socialized to conform to this ideology, you make it sound like being masculine is some type of psychological disorder. No, what you're doing is trying to normalize what is a psychological disorder and to denormalize what is actually normal what God intended in the laws of nature. I don't think that this is any kind of ethical, psychological counseling. This is mental abuse. And apparently, teaching boys the traditional role of men, traditional masculinity, hinders them from exploring what it means to be male? No, what they want to say is that it hinders them from being open to some ridiculous bull that says that masculinity is toxic and that they cannot be a boy that they have been taught to be, that they have to act like a girl in order to be normal. No, none of this is normal. This is ridiculous and stop normalizing this in society. You can also bet on these people trying to put this into school curriculums, not just at the university level, but down on the K-12 through level. I actually just saw something on OAN News recently on how they're doing this in California. The schools are adopting a curriculum that is going to teach children that capitalism and the father figure are sexist and racist. I'm curious to know why these people are trying so hard to fight against the laws of nature to make something that heretofore was considered abnormal to make it seem like it is normal and that if you don't accept this new ideology that you are somehow some type of bigot. Well, you're not a bigot. And you know what? They always want to make it seem like they have more power than they do. I've talked ad nauseum now about Saul Alinsky and his ideology and the way that he says for people who share this this radical ideology, he tells them to engage in 
I'm going to quote from his book, Rules for Radicals, again. He says in his book, before he starts to introduce the 13 power tactics, he says that you need to take parts of your face as the point of reference. Your eyes, your ears, and your nose. First, the eyes. If you have organized a vast mass-based people's organization, you can parade it visibly before the enemy and openly show your power. Second, the ears. If your organization is small in numbers, then do what Gideon did. Conceal the members in the dark, but raise a din and clamor that will make the listener believe that your organization numbers many more than it does. He concludes this introduction to his heinous ideology. Power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. So what they have is a few radicals who have subscribed to a ridiculous ideology that has no basis of truth, and they have... People in positions of influence, primarily in the American Psychological Association, which backs up their stupid ideology with an air of legitimacy. And they also control the public school system, both at the K-12 through level and at the university level. They take advantage of their positions and they shove this down people's throats. This is the most disgusting thing. Putting this into schools for young children who don't know any better... They, they really believe that what their teachers and their parents and any adult tells them is true. They take it as gospel. They don't know any better. So telling them something that is entirely untrue, that goes entirely against the laws of nature and nature's God, is mental abuse. If you are a parent with children in public school, make sure that you are perfectly aware of the curriculum that they are teaching your children at school. And know that If you feel that this is wrong, if you start to see the schools teaching this stuff to your children, this garbage, know that you are not alone. If you are against it and you abhor it, you are not alone. That's what they want you to think. They want you to think that they have more people who share this ideology than they do. They want you to think that you are alone, that you are the minority, so that you are too afraid to speak up. And it's not true. There are plenty of people out there who are just as appalled as you are at this ridiculous abuse that is coming at children. So don't be afraid to speak up. And if you're afraid to speak alone, find other like-minded parents and speak up together. If these people are going to be this bold and this brash and this militant in establishing something that is entirely wrong, then we need to be just as militant, if not more so, in standing up for what is right. It's been our fault that these things have taken hold because we've been afraid to speak up and we have sat back and done nothing. Well, now it's time to fight back. Fight back before this becomes the norm again, like all of the other ridiculous things that they started to shove down our throat in the blink of an eye, like abortion and gay marriage. I don't agree with this ridiculous ideology that women are somehow inferior to men, and so because of that, we have to make men into women. No, we need men to be men and women to be women. I shudder to think of what the military might be like in about 10 years. If this kind of thing takes hold that much across the country, I don't know if we're even going to have any men volunteering for the military. We might have to start conscripting women. Because apparently by then, women and men will be equally masculine or equally feminine, depending on how you look at the situation. I'm also curious to see what the American family is going to look like 10, 15, 20 years from now, because apparently men can't be men and women can't be women. I think that this might be the final nail in the coffin of the American family, 
because these people eschew the traditional roles of men and women. They detest the institution of marriage. They abuse it and they have perverted it. Marriage, as God has designed it, is the union between one man and one woman. Well, apparently the concept of man and the concept of woman can no longer exist. So if you can't even decide who's involved in the marital relationship, how do you even develop one? How do you develop a family? How do you have children and raise them to be men and raise them to be women? Under this ideology, those kinds of things are verboten. Where have we gone wrong in society? How do ridiculous and indescribable ideas like this come about? How do they gain traction? Perhaps if we hadn't destroyed the American family, we would have plenty of people who have been taught by fathers how to be a man, what it means to be a man. Two-parent households with a mother and a father teaching their children their roles in society. Nobody was ever confused about this until we started having doubts about God, until we started to kick him out. There was a reason for the first wave of feminism. It wasn't even feminism. It was suffragettes who wanted suffrage for women, the right to vote. That's it. Those women were not against women being wives and serving their husbands. I think feminism was distorted and perverted in the second wave in the 60s and 70s. Taking the mother out of the home. Now, let me pause here for a second and emphasize, I do believe that a woman should have a choice of careers. But what I don't believe in is shaming women who choose to stay home with their children. There is nothing wrong with that. And it's incredibly sexist to castigate a woman for making that choice. The whole point of feminism is for women to make their own choices, not to tell them what to do. You went from men telling, or supposedly men telling women what to do, to women telling what women what to do. I hate this new ideology of feminism or effeminism. I applaud masculinity. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that the vast majority of women out there do not want a man who is more feminine than they are. I, in particular, would not want to date a man who was more feminine than me. I would like somebody to be masculine. That's part of the whole law of opposites attract. This all goes into the stupid concept of the fact that there are 45 trillion different genders and they actually want to erase the difference between men and women. They want men to behave more like women because their masculinity is toxic. This girl in this Femme Magazine article says that, however, comments that reinforce the social hierarchy by placing traditional masculinity above femininity cannot be ignored. The normalization of this rhetoric underpins the continuing existence of toxic masculinity. Okay, the whole point of all of this gender binarism, you know, you, she talks also about these women or people who don't identify as male or female. They have some other... I don't even know what all the other gender names are. I don't care to know them either. But I thought that the point of feminism was to elevate women to the same level as men, not to bring men down to the level of women. Not that they are on different levels. I'm talking, like, I just, you kind of talk yourself into a corner with these 
people because it doesn't matter what you say. You're always going to be wrong in their eyes. You're No matter what you say or do, you're a toxic sexist. Be bold. Be brave. Do not fear these people. Stand up for what you know is right. Swell the ranks. Gather the numbers of people. There is strength in numbers, and you're not alone.